We, we have a life events tool that allows us to bring money on and off the model at various points in time. And so in my conversation with Mr. and Mrs. Smith, he was very excited about his new position. And uh, right now he was not reaping the benefits of the potential commissions. And so what we did was we gave him a year and then we said, what if we instituted commissions without adjusting what they're consuming? This is Better Wealth with Caleb Williams. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Better Wealth Podcast. We are on this series from the front lines, and we're just going to call it the the Smith Family Edition <laughs> uh, because we've pretty much been taking real-life scenarios. Sometimes we tweak numbers a little bit. We'll, we definitely tweak the names. But we have found um, that we can learn so much by looking back at what people are doing, the good, the bad, the ugly, and we've gotten some incredible feedback from you guys um, because it's really powerful. Like there's been people that are saying it's amazing that you guys have a model. We've gotten a lot of clients that have that have come forward because they're like, if you guys do this for your clients, I want to learn more. So what we're doing in this this scenario is there's a young family that came to us, and we're, they're they're going to be the Smith family for today, and and they they make an average average amount of money. They're very, in sales, income, yeah. And what a lot of times a lot of it's hard sometimes to model entrepreneurs, salespeople, people that are looking for commissions. And I think one of the key wins here is we actually have a process and a model that take that can model increases in commissions and decreases in commissions, and it can be really powerful. And so with that, Jeremy, take it away. Awesome. Thank you. Um, some of the, just real quick, one of the things I want to point out here is, is Adults really tend to learn quite well whenever they can latch on to something and say, this is like my scenario. This is yep. like something that I'm dealing with. And so when we use case studies like this, it, it's designed specifically so that you have something to latch on to and go, huh, I wonder if I did something similar to that, or I'd like to know more about this particular situation and how you helped this client because I may have that same situation. So we, we are doing this so that you have something really tangible to attach the uh, – methods, techniques, thought processes too, and realize that this is all real stuff. Yep. So um, that being said, let's just kind of set the stage here. Remember that when we're looking at a financial model, there's what's coming in, which is income, all sources of income, and for how long they're coming in because incomes come in at various points in time. And then from there, we're looking at two major things. It's what's being consumed and what's being saved or controlled for the future. That's all those that's all money does. Yep. Right. And that tells us a lot. So Mr. and Mrs. Smith, uh, they have <clears throat> a very nice total income of about ninety-two thousand um, dollars. there's a base salary from a sales position of just over fifty, and then there's another salary of about thirty-two. Um, this family also has one kid and will likely have more. And so how they manage those salaries as more kids come into the household. It's nice to understand what are we consuming now and how much do I have to make up for in in one position if I eliminate that other salary yep. too. So for young families, this is pretty valuable too if you're looking at doing some financial planning for what do we need to do to prepare for children or we want to keep one spouse home. What does that look like? Yep. So there's a lot of, lot of value in that. And then you'll also see on this model that um, – <clears throat> we we have social security in here and some people laugh at this, um, but it's a good teaching point. If we did have income on autopilot, how powerful is that? You know, 
$25,000 may not seem like a lot of money, but when you do that over the course of a 30 or 40 year period of time, it adds up and it adds up quickly, especially if there's a cost of living adjustment on there. So one of the most important things is you're modeling that, but you're including, you're including social security, whether it happens or not, it, it's as of right now, it's something that is part of the model. It's a, it's a thing. And majority of people just don't even know how to even model that or the true value of it as it relates to their future. That's right. Okay. That's right. So uh, moving on from there, the next tab that we look at is liabilities. And liabilities is really where we talk about efficiency. Yep. In most cases, liabilities or debts are a drag on the overall household economy or the model. Um, in this case, like many families, there's student loans and there's a couple auto loans. Well, mm -hmm. in this case, it's not a loan. There's a couple of leases. And for them, this seems to work out really well. Cars are gigantic black money holes that you throw stuff into, right. but they get you from point A to B and allow you to make an income in this case. Now, in this in this scenario, I'm 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 seeing two leases. Their income's under a hundred thousand as it relates to their family. Is that what are your thoughts on leases? And and is it one of those things where it's situation by situation? I I think it is situation by situation because the most efficient way to buy something with respect to a car, a tool that's getting you from point A to point B is hard to say yeah. be, be, because it, it all may work out okay for somebody, but it may be horrible for another. Right. And it, and it goes back to values. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm sure they're driving a nicer car um, versus like if they, if they got a, a junker. Yeah. But it's like, you're not comparing apples to apples. And so it's not like one is good or bad. It's the, what do you value? And and I like that you took it back to that. It's it's like a financial tool, which really yeah. a car is. It's it's getting you to a job. It's getting you to something that you do or you want that that's valuable to you. So um, yes, while they could potentially just spend five grand and have a car that does the same job, if you're not mechanically inclined, if you don't know how to change oil, yeah. if you like, and it's just easier for your lifestyle and yeah. your you're more valuable just yep. having that taken care of, then you have to look at those things. Right, and th so those are two things that we would highlight, not to say this is good or bad, but we would highlight to have a conversation. Absolutely, and take it all back to gaining clarity. What is what is most important to me in life? Yep. If changing oil, dealing with car maintenance is not part of what's most valuable, and it detracts from the value that you bring, then perhaps you want to pay to not have to worry about yep. that. So um, in this case, uh, student student debt was the loan liability that there may be some efficiency and this one has caused a lot of trouble lately because we're in a very weird spot with student debt and i encourage tactical patience on this one <laughs> uh, unless it's an extenuating circumstance in this case it's not a huge amount no. it, it's half of the national average which is about 30 to thirty-four thousand dollars. and so uh, that being said it's kind of a let's put a pin in it yeah and see what happens as the operating environment changes over 2021. Yep. So uh, next we look at what has been saved and what will be saved on an annual basis. So in this case, I'm just gonna give you some broad brushstroke numbers because it doesn't really matter where it is, just yep. that it is. So about just over 50 grand has been saved up at okay. this point. Awesome. And on, it is, and on an annual basis, they're looking to save about 17.5 and I think it's really more around 18,000. That's amazing. It, it is. And and what's great is that we're only factoring this off of uh, base salaries. Mm. We're not looking at, at commissions at this point. And, um, you know, salespeople and public speakers are the highest paid folks across the planet. So there's a lot of potential in here for Mr. Smith, in this case, to bring a lot of value economically right. 
because of his sales position. I, I let's put let's say can be because I was because entrepreneurs, salespeople, and speakers can also be the brokest people. But yes, That's I'm true. with you. <laughs> <laughs> so that being said, um, that takes us to real estate, and um, th these folks, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, have a really nice home. Cool. And because they have purchased it recently, they have a ridiculously low interest rate, yeah. and it's a very, very efficient debt vehicle. And when I say debt vehicle, I mean something that is is transferring value across time and space. Yeah. So in this case, their money's fixed at, at under 3% interest yep. for 30 years, which is a really amazing tool for this young and, and what's what's interesting is when we take their when we take their payment and PMI and all that stuff, it's it's just under two grand. Okay. If you take their both of their cars, that's almost it was almost a thousand. You look at their lease, so it's like it is very interesting. It's like okay, there's it, it's interesting because they they have a beautiful house, yeah, and it's costing them a little more, twice as much as the cars that they drive. So those when it goes back to values, those are things that we would highlight as well, um, because it gives us perspective to be like, oh, right, because a lot of times our ratios as it relates to value is out right. of balance. Well, and it's for us, it's about unlocking intentional living. That's right. We all make choices, and those choices have echoes into eternity many times. So if you can make choices, understanding the implications of how that echoes into eternity, I say that you're moving towards becoming intentional in your choices, which Amazing. is the most important thing. All right. Um, and then something that's not super sexy, but uh, insurance uh, or risk management. We all have certain risks. Uh, that that we accept, assume, or transfer, and uh, in this case, we just took a look at certain risks. Primarily, what happens if the income goes away? Yeah. This is something that can be insured through disability income insurance. We've done some podcasts on. I think one of them was provocatively entitled "You're Better Off Dead," but the point here is is that if you lose the income, yeah. you can't consume it or save it. So, how do you want to, or do you want to? protect yep. against that in some way. So we had some brief conversations there, looked at where they're at with regards to life insurance as a young family, um, and and we're in the process of making some, or having, helping and assisting them make some decisions on how they want to protect cool. against those risks. And notice I say how you want to protect. We don't believe that telling you that you need to do something and basing it on fear is, is the correct position to come from with yep. unlocking intentional living saying what do you want how right. do you want to provide for this or deal with it right. is really a more because at the end of the day everyone owns their own model meaning right. like it's it's not our problem what the model says we're here to come alongside you and help you so we can show you what happens if you die prematurely we can show you what happens if a disability happens we can show you all those things um but at the end of the day it's yeah. it's on them which this this next part i think is the most powerful thing that we can do for our clients yeah so uh, we, we have a life events tool that allows us to bring money on and off the model at various points in time. And so in my conversation with Mr. and Mrs. Smith, he was very excited about his new position. And uh, right now he was not reaping the benefits of the potential commissions. And so what we did was we gave him a year and then we said, what if we instituted commissions without adjusting what they're consuming? Wow. So what this means is that we set a consumption number in this case of, let me check, $74,500. So that's gross what this family is going to consume. Mm -hmm. Okay, And the following year after Mr. Smith gets into his position and really starts to generate some of the commissions, 
I said, what's your growth potential? And he's like, well, I think 5% is on my commissions is yeah. reasonable. I'll be upset with myself if I don't achieve that. So you're, what you're saying is they're going to maintain what they're currently spending. Correct. But as they make more money, that, that money is then going to be saved, invested, multiplied. Right. So the, the, once we set your consumption number, the model automatically saves anything over that. If you want to spend more, we can adjust it to spend more. Okay. But we would want to do that commiserate with things like inflation and incomes going up yep. and things of that nature so that you remain yep. in that same balance. And, and, and that's why we meet with people ongoing because what ends up happening is we want to give people the benefit of the doubt, but what ends up happening is you make $20,000 and you spend more money. That's right. <laughs> and that's sometimes right. that ratio could go the other way too. You spend all of it and then it's like, okay, your overall ratio is going down. And this is one of the only tools that we know of that yeah. real accountability can happen over the course of many years. There's a lot of tools out there that will model a perfect scenario. Like, oh, you save this much money at 8% interest, you, you'll be able to retire at 64. And it's like so many flaws. It's, it's designed to sell something. It's designed to like give you, I guess, a little bit of validation to go ahead. I have never seen tools that actually you can model college, you can model <laughs> You know, losing a job, you can model increasing money, you can model inheritance, and you can actually see no strings attached what things do from just a math perspective. It's really powerful. And so let's so then we go after you input all those things, you go to the model. Right, right. So uh, then then we look at the the two line graph that uh, in a green line and a red line gives us an idea if we're in balance or in, out of balance. And what does that mean? Well, if we are in balance, then we would say that the ratio between what I'm consuming and saving is going to allow me to have an ever-increasing income throughout my whole life based off my current standard of living. So in this case, the current standard of living is $74,500, and we inflate that at 3%. We can inflate it at whatever percentage you would like. I had a client the other day say, Jeremy, it's more like 10, but let's go with 6 and I was like, okay, if you want me to double your inflation factor, I'm happy to do that. Yep. What's awesome is, is that he still had really good cash flow. Yeah. So it, it, it's, again, intentionality in what it is that we want to accept mm -hmm. um, or prepare for. So with this family, um, we see that they are not completely balanced, meaning that they don't have a capability out through age 100 to have their current standard of living doing what they're doing. That's with a 5% increase on commission income, hmm. I think for uh, 39 years. Can you take the commission off just for a second? I want to see where sure. they're at now. Okay, wow. So the, the, the adding, um, adding the commission does help quite a bit. When did they want to retire? So in, in this case, we used 67 okay. as their, their age of retirement. Okay, very cool. Freedom or whatever you want to call it. So okay. uh, what, what Caleb's looking at here is that they become unbalanced doing what they're doing without commission income at age 47. Why, why is that? I'm just, I'm just curious why there's – I would think – because is their income increasing at 3%? That's a great question. So remember we're inflating. Okay. But their yeah. base their base salaries, and this is the case with a lot of base salaries and sales positions, is that they don't have a cost of living increase. So yep. the commission is designed to allow that salesperson to account for inflation. And right. and again, like everything, like the model moves year to year, meaning like well, you can change certain things. You can say, Hey, if I'm not making any more money, I'm not gonna be spending more money. Like that's a that's what a lot of people would say. 
But at the end of the day, we can change all those things. You can change, mm -hmm. you know, you could pretty much factor anything in. But the, what's so powerful about this is there's so many conversations that can happen within that. There's so many, like, there's so many intentional conversations and nothing is swept under the rug because this is an all-encompassing deal. Yep. And I just want to say, great, this is a, I mean, this model is is great because it's an example of a family that is not necessarily like they haven't hit the jackpot, and they're and they're living life. They have a house. They they're driving cars. They're they're gonna have a family, and yet they're already doing a great job. And and they're not balanced. But at the end of the day, in the process of working, finding efficiency, I think they came to us because they wanted to start an and asset. That's right. So they came to us wanting a product, and then we took a step back and said, okay, we could do that if you want, but this is something else that we can do for you. And I think that process has totally changed their life. And now I don't, I don't know, are they going to go get an and asset or are we going to hold off on that? We're, we're looking at all of those scenarios right now. And what's great is we're looking at them in light of the math. Cool. We're, and, and they're making yep. decisions intentionally based off what they want to accomplish. So for Mr. and Mrs. Smith, it is, it is so much more important to them to be able to protect their family and have access to their funds over the course of time. Again, this is, this is a family that is doing sales yep. in, in both salaries. And yep. so as a result of that, they want to be the master and commander of their resources so that yep. they can continue to go and bring value as they gain expertise yep. in their field, yep. which I I really appreciate and I commend yeah. them for, um, and and leaning into it at a very young age, guys. I mean, yeah. mid mid to late twenties. Yeah, I, I love it. Congrats. Um, we love highlighting these these stories. And the other thing is, if you're in sales, you can show up more powerfully if you don't need to make the sale. Just plain and simple. I mean, yeah. there's a reason we've structured our company the way. Like, we don't want anybody incentivized to do something. And there's there's you know we have great culture, so it's not like people are lazy but you can better serve people if you're not on the hook to have to sell. And so sometimes when we talk about an external rate of return, whether it's an and asset or something else, your external rate of return could be like you, you make a commission of $40,000. Why? Because your presence is way more stronger. And so, yeah, we could talk forever, but this is a great example, Jeremy. And it just, again, we, we love hearing your questions. So if you have questions about, um, your scenario. I mean, we're open to whatever, but we know that 2021 is going to be a year where we're going to be sharing more of yeah. these scenarios because we it's been um, night and day difference on on the feedback and and making it more specific. And and let me sum up this. Uh, this is an, a common theme for folks that I'm speaking with and that we're consulting with that are mid mid 20s to early 30s. They're looking at their model and they're going, "My goodness gracious, this is such a long time." That we're looking at uh, and and we are able to say how many other mid-20s late 20s early 30s have something that allows you to target yeah. right if if you start doing something at 25 and you're not measuring it at 27 or 28 or 30 how do you know if you're making yeah. improvements or are you going the wrong direction yeah. again count accountability is one of the key factors in the financial world yeah. that is lacking we set things in motion and we go, hey, this is great. And we pat ourselves on the back. But really, where is the accountability to say, are we making decisions that are going to move the needle of my life in the direction that I've outlined? And again, that's the primary thing here is intentionally moving in those directions. And what we both can say with confidence that their, it, their life is not going to work perfectly like that. No. But <laughs> start with the end in mind and have something that can be that mirror, that accountability, that that thing that 
you can reference as life changes, as kids happen, as college happens, as who knows what happens. Uh, it's already been a crazy year. So people, people's minds are open yep. to, to what's to expect. So anyways, thank you so much. If you have any questions, you can feel free to email me directly at Caleb at betterwealth.com. And we want to hear from you. If you're watching this on YouTube, we're trying to continue to grow our message. And so subscribing, liking, sharing is always helpful. And then we are always uh, plugging away on podcasts. And so if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, thank you. And uh, if you have not subscribed already, please do so. Leave a review um, because it just helps uh, our message get out to more and more people. Thank you so much for listening to the Better Wealth Podcast. It would mean the world to me if you could hit subscribe, leave a review, and share this with the people that you know and love.